Welcome to That Tattoo Show, hosted by me, Paul Talbot and Chris Harrison. Each month we sit down and discuss current tattoo topics, including how the internet, social media and technology in general have changed the challenges facing the modern day tattooists in an informal, down-to-earth way that's aimed at artists of all levels and abilities. That Tattoo Show is made possible with the support of Electrum Supply. Head over to www.electrumsupply.com and pick up some industry-leading tattoo products for your next tattoo. Before we go any further, if anybody wants to know right, why this is all a little bit... We had a plan. Where we, were, we were recording our episodes. Everything was going to schedule. I went, for, uh, I went to the little boys' room, and as I walked through the door, I felt a droplet of water hit my head, and it turns out the flat upstairs is flooding the shop. So, yeah, been dealing with that, and now we're like, okay, where were we? Yeah, we're, we're sort of like, what was we doing? I've been playing the guitar for an hour. You know, you've been sat <laughs> twiddling away. And I've been shouted at. That people wouldn't answer the door upstairs, like, oh well. How dare you be downstairs? Twice you know. How dare you knock on my door and phone the landlord because I'm flooding your shop for the second time? Ah, oh, the joys of uh, owning a building. There you go. Never mind. Yeah. So, uh, what's on the agenda this week, Chris? What are we doing? We are reading comments. Do you want to go first or do you want to go um, second? You go first. All right. Okay. I'm still finding that comment that I want to read, so... <laughs> you have a look while I read my first one. Um, so, obviously, we've had a lot of new subscribers recently, and we get a lot of comments on the channel. And as we get more subscribers, it's more and more difficult for me to get to some of them, me and Chris, to get to some of them, because some of the uh, the comments that we want to reply with are a little bit more uh, in-depth. And we are trying to find time in our week's to go through the comments and answer them properly. And then we thought for some of them that just really deserve uh, a conversation, we thought we'd save a few of them for a show like this every now and again where we read your comments. Now, if you're listening to us on Spotify, uh, you probably don't know anything about the comments section on YouTube. But It's new to you, so welcome. <laughs> if you're listening to us, then you won't see that. But uh, if you go onto YouTube and watch us, then loads of people comment underneath and ask questions and, you know, and... That sort of stuff. So uh, we've pulled out of the hat a couple of, of uh, comments each uh, that were our favourites uh, or ones that we wanted to comment on and, uh, and have a little bit of a conversation about. And so this is my first one. So my first one, Villa 75. Now I'm going to presume that's Aston Villa. Uh, this is my exact position now. He's commenting... And I'm also going to presume that you're male. Oh, so that's extremely out of context, that, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, what position are you in? Are you doing a handstand? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, you know, <laughs> where's the beach? <laughs> so he's commenting on the, uh, I think the show that we did about my first convention, now when I went down to Brighton for the, you know, the first time in a few Brighton. years. Brighton. Yeah. And he said, this is my exact position now. At the age of 47, self-taught, I'm considering my first convention. Thinking about it makes my arsehole twitch like a rabbit's nose. But usually, facing a fear produces something pretty awesome. Um, how was you at your first yeah, convention? Shit. Yeah, massive shit. It produced a massive shit. Um, how were you uh, at your first convention, Chris? Uh, I can't remember. It was so long ago. Like, I think it was like excited, nervous. Oh, I tell you. So I tell you a funny story, actually. <laughs> so the first tattoo convention I went to, I didn't work. I just went there and I, I entered in a, a, a tattoo. And I ended up like meeting lots of people. It was great. 
Um, I actually got like second place small colour. I was like this unknown guy and he was in Swansea when they used to have more than one tattoo convention in, in, in Wales. The, and then they also had the original Newport Tattoo Convention because there's a new tattoo convention in Newport, which people seem to think is like, you know, the, the, the first one, but it's not. It's it's That's like the, that's not the original Newport show. But uh, so we done the convention, entered into the two awards, right? And there was, before I was working in the shop that I was working in, one of the first ones I went into, I was only there for a short time that I was helping out because they sacked one of the tattooists and the tattooist that was working there he emptied all his stuff out, but like, you know, it was back when he made, you know, needles and stuff. And I was cleaning out all his leftover area and like where he was making his own needles. It was all like fluid and rust. And I was like, this is fucking disgusting. This has got to be the worst. I'm like, I can't believe, right? You were using these to make needles, sticking them in. Remember, you used to have the autoclave pressure cookers, not like the proper autoclaves you have now. Yeah, yeah. Banging in a pressure cooker, but you're tattooing people with it. And so in my mind, I'm like, you're disgusting. And I was like, your tattoos ain't even that good anyway. And um, you know what I'm like. I speak my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm in this show and it's the first time I've been to a convention. I got second place. This was when, right, awards kind of meant something <laughs> do you know what I mean and they'd have you up on stage and you'd be standing there waiting for the next person and I'm standing there now and I'm fucking waiting and I'm just like I'm like still nervous I'm like I'm like excited I'm like I can't believe I'm here I can't I can't, I can't believe I fucking won an award this is amazing this is great until they call the name like and the winner of best tribal goes to insert name right Everything goes quiet and all you can hear is just me standing going, fuck off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and it, every single artist just kind of turned around and looked at me and was like, you can't say that. I'm like, I was like embarrassed. So if it's your first convention, Villa 75, don't do that. Yeah. No, but do you know what? Yeah, I think it was excitement more than nerves. I tell you what I was nervous about most recently was I've had a massive break from conventions and then I went up to Tattoo Freeze on my own and none of my mates were there. I was like, fuck, I'm on my own. I'm like, I am the old man. But like after about 20 minutes, it was proper weird. It was before we started that tattoo show and I was doing the reviews on my own. So it was like, you know, I got in there. I found a couple of people that I recognised. Then I'm sitting in the bar by myself just drawing and stuff like that because there is a, a whole new kind of crowd of people. And then what was weird, it was just like, oh my God, you're the YouTube guy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> Fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but then but it's the one thing I like about tattooing though is like, it didn't take me long to kind of like get chatting with people and, you know, and then and then it just felt like it normal. Like, do you mean? Yeah. But yeah, it was weird. It was weird going back to a show after not doing one for, for a fucking like nearly four years like yeah yeah i felt the same i hadn't done one for i hadn't done one for three years the last show that i worked was actually was moscow yeah uh funnily enough <laughs> uh, and, then brighton, and brighton was three years later and um and so yeah, yeah i was i was a little bit nervous you to sleep, with poor the back. sleeper agent like yeah you know, because obviously during the lockdown, I've had a, I've had some problems with anxiety, and you know, and I've I've so I've been all a little bit at sea, as you can imagine. And we went back, and quite honestly, within ten minutes of walking through into artist registration, which in case you don't know, when you go there, you have to go and get a wristband and all that sort of stuff. I was kind of standing there and bumped into a couple of mates, and next thing you know, I've been chatting to them for ten minutes. Karen's pulling on my arm to go. We have got to go and set up a booth here. 
and uh, and I'm already ready to go at the bar. <laughs> like, no, I'm, we're going to go at the bar. Oh, yeah, mate, is this Brighton just <laughs> so gone? It, business as usual for me. Is this Brighton just gone? Just gone, yeah. yeah I will fine. say, right, I, I, have, I have inside information that somebody was a little bit worse for wear the next day. Yeah, I did. That was a hangover that was sponsored by Cheyenne Tattoo Equipment. <laughs> yeah. Do was mad, though. I think it's definitely age, mate. Like, I had, I had, obviously, being, again, like, I'm not well, still, I'm still not 100%, but, like, my neighbour was like, oh, do you want to fancy coming over for a beer? He's got one of these kind of, um, these cooler things, you put a keg in it, and it gives you, like, proper draft beer, and I was like, all right, oh, come on, I'll try it out, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have one. I had two beers, and they were very nice, actually, really nice. Um, just from that, like the difference between that and a can is like something else. And then he was like, "Oh yeah, I've got that Conor McGregor's whiskey. Do you want to try?" So out of the next one, but he's like, you know, he, he's a proper whiskey drinker, and he's there, and he's like sniffing it, and he's swilling it around his mouth, and he's like, you know, bearing in mind, like he's like, "Oh yeah, I've got hints of this, I've got hints of that." And he said, "Oh, you should try it. You should try it." I'm like, I, I can't really taste. Like, I was like, it was weird, man. It's like I lost my taste after I had COVID. Like. Covid went and then I lost my taste. Yeah, and like it's still not back fully. Like it's still not fully back. So that he's like, oh yeah, I'm like I can't taste anything. I'm like I don't really want to drink it because I'm still on a percent. And he's like, oh go on. I tried it and he's like he's like swilling around your mouth. I'm like swilling it, swilling it. And he's like, what can you taste? I'm like nothing. I'm like <laughs> I can't taste I can't nothing. I fucking taste. I was like my mouth is burning. But I will say, like, you know, what from what I could taste, it was not the nicest of whiskeys. But uh, even after having those, the point I'm getting at is, even after having those two beers, right, next day I felt fucking rough as fuck. Like, so God help what you felt like after having a full-on fucking pizza. Oh, no, mine, mine wasn't anything to do with any of that. It had to do with drinking about half a bottle of gin and then, you know, a keg of beer on top of it, you know. So yeah, it's my that. own fault. And I think... Um, Chris made it into the show about 30 minutes before I did. So he wasn't doing a great deal. This is our friend Chris from Cheyenne. So, um, you know. Hi, Chris. He, hi, Chris. <laughs> you know. And uh, and the first thing he said to me is, do, do you fancy another beer? I was like, no, mate. I've just I've only just throwing up, start, finished throwing up the last lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, um, have we haven't told people about this, have we? So. Thanks to Chris at Cheyenne, we've managed to score discount code. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. For you. Forgot about that. Yeah. We've, we've got, got a few you, discount codes, actually, to tell you about. We've got one yeah. from Cheyenne, which will give you 10% off your order. They're in the description of the uh, the show anyway. That's on Spotify and on YouTube. I've made sure they're in the descriptions on both. Yeah. Because I have to do two lots of stuff you've, now. Um, a discount from um, uh, Electrum. Yeah, Rob's given us a, a 10% discount as well. And uh, we'll keep uh, trying to score as many discount codes as we can for you from various people as we go along. And they'll all they'll all end up in the description for you know for, for each show. I'll just add them as we go along. You know? Which would, that, that could take us on to, to the next question, I suppose. And that was from, I can't remember his name now, so I apologise. And we have been asked if... Someone keeps saying, because I'm sponsored by Barber DTS, can I get a discount code for you? Um, it's not how it works. We have to try and work out and negotiate a, um, completely different kind of deals with companies to try and get you discount codes. So we can't get you a flat 10% discount code for Barber DTS. But hopefully what we are going to try and be able to sort out is certain products that we review or I review um, 
if I review a product, then I'll try and get a discount code for that specific product, or maybe like get like one time discount codes and things like that. So we are working on it, but it it's not a case of like you know just because I'm sponsored by somebody or Paul's sponsored by somebody, it's not we can't just get discount codes. So yeah, we will try, but we can't really you know just fucking pull them out of our asses. Like, shall we actually read some comments? Yeah, I've got a good comment to read. Go on then, read that one then. Uh, Susan Oliveira, British accent for non-native speakers, sad face, but thank you. And that is relation to how to choose the correct tattoo needles. Um, I don't know what you mean. Now, I have an idea, right, that it's because we started the episode, we went, I went, Shmai, crush your that tattoo show. Paul kind of went, eh, what do you mean? Because we take the piss out of each other because I'm Welsh and he is not Welsh. Oh. <laughs> Not at all. But, um, Little bit. but like, I was extremely confused at the whole British accent for non-native speakers because, like, I what is a British accent? There's no such thing. Well, no such I, thing took, as... I took that to mean... Um, no, I don't think it's ignorant. I think I took that to mean uh, the British accent. Um, there's no... You can't really have a Good British accent because star. the way... No, because you see, the way it works is, and I'm doing this from memory, right? So you have uh, Britain is a geographical reference to the island. So the, the yeah. island is called Britain, right? Yeah. The United Kingdom is a trade agreement and a free travel agreement between Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, and Would you say it's England. an agreement, or is it more like, you know, Scotland and Wales are enslaved and owned by Westminster? That's that, that, oh, no. that is what it is, yeah. P potato, potato, right? Um, so, <laughs> and then England is a country, like Wales is a country, so a, a British accent wouldn't be... There's also another... You can call it the British Isles, which is, an, which is a whole other thing as well. So it depends on how you refer to this place as to what you're actually referring to. So I took that to mean uh, that the British accent is what we call received pronunciation. So when you're talking received pronunciation, you actually sound like Prince Charles or the Queen. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. you see what I mean? So you it's that, like this. There's no... There's actually no noticeable accent in received pronunciation. A few people do still speak like that. Uh, the only thing that I would say about it is if you can't understand us now, you need to know something. We're trying really, really hard. Both Chris oh, and yes. I have very strong accents. If we speak in if a I speak natural normal, accent, really, yeah. we if can't understand normal, each other. understand what I'm saying. It's like, what's happening no, exactly. There? Yeah, like it, you just wouldn't get it, right? This, so this we is are our... trying really hard. You know, even people, right, from fucking from from different parts of Wales, can't understand other people. Like yeah. we have our own way of talking. I would say that the the best thing that you can do is put on the captions, right? I would say the best thing you could do be you can do is to be more tolerant, right, of other people's <laughs> cultural backgrounds, right, and their accents. And where they're from. I mean, we are providing free information, you know. I mean, free come on, we are doing our best. It's free entertainment. But you could put the captions on, except I did this just to see what would happen, because I've never watched our show with captions on. Mate, if you ever want to have a laugh, drink about half a bottle of wine with your missus and watch the tattoo show with the sound off and the captions on and see if you can make head or tail of what is going on. Whatever the caption thing that does it, Honestly, it, in particular you, 
it it's not it, it just it just doesn't make any sense at is all. Is it like it's that like, scene out of um <laughs> oh, was it Jim that Jim Cave Bruce Almighty is saying <laughs> It's not that it just comes up giraffe shopping trolley egg whisk car. Or something yeah. like that. It just it's, it makes no sense. So I, do you know what? Do I know, think I'm afraid we're well. doing our best. Sorry about that. If you can't understand it, it is what it is. What what pisses me off, right? And I don't. I I, I I'm taking this. It's in. It's a laugh, like. But there is like that one side of me that is a little bit like you know you are a bit of an ignorant fucker, uh, <laughs> because I did speak Welsh. I'm still learning to speak my own language, and, and and a lot of people are like, how come you can't speak your own language? And it's like because it was literally banned by the English government for 500 years. Yep. People were beaten when they spoke their own language in their own country. The, the bloody name of our country means foreigner and outsider. Like, a lot of people don't realise, like, that Wales was the first country, to, essentially, to be colonised by the British Empire. Like, are we still having that? We still are, to a degree. Yep. We have got a devolved government, but, yeah. So there's, like, there's a little bit of, like, oof. Are you are you American, Susan? If you are, that obviously explains something, you know, education system and all that out there ain't the best, like. So, yeah, sorry about that. We're doing our best. We can't do any better than what we're doing. If you don't understand us, really sorry about that. So I'm going to read this comment. Now, this comment was on, uh, I, I think this comment was on the episode about having a real career that we put out recently. It's by Sylvain Tezia. And it says, thank you for that episode. It's nice to hear established tattooists on the gatekeeping mentality of the tattoo craft. I'm in my late 30s and learning online with various artists throughout the world. And I love it. I don't uh, agree with the gatekeeping of tattooing either. I think it's a bit nonsensical. It's so but, annoying. Uh, like. Hey, every, everybody to their own if that's what you want to do. Do you know what I see uh, every day? Like... Go on. Sorry to interrupt you. I see every day some posts. Some, some guy is like someone in America. And again, I, I think a lot of the gatekeeping does come from like these traditional, like loyal to the coil, you know, old school, traditional American shops because they think tattooing was created and invented there. Yes, the modern electric tattoo might have been, but, but it's like, oh, because it was something along the lines of like, because of the state of tattooing at the moment and because people are learning online and buying machines from Amazon, I feel that we need to have some sort of uh, tattoo culture group where we can protect our craft and save it. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Concentrate on your tattooing. No one cares. Honestly, no one cares. Like, in my entire career, I don't think I've met anybody in the UK that is that anal about tattooing. You know, in the I think in the UK, tattooing, or especially when it first started, it was taught as a trade, not a, not a craft. It was just like, you want to do tattoos? Yeah, cool, do tattoos. Do you want to lay bricks? Do you want to be a bricklayer? Be a bricklayer, like, do you mean? And then someone just... Um, I, think it's, I think it's an art form that's for everybody. Yeah, fuck It's okay. as simple as that. Moving forward, what these guys forget is this is going to be the modern tattoo culture. Oh, yeah. This is going to take over from the old tattoo culture. That's how cultures work. They evolve. That's going to be tattoo history. Yeah, that's going to become tattoo history. This is part of the modern world of tattooing. And I think it should be for everybody. As with all art forms, the cream will rise to the top and shit floats too. That's just the way it works in all worlds. So it, it is what it is. So this is real career in tattooing. 
Sounds like a lot of the brainwashing that comes out of typical apprenticeships. I think apprenticeships are fine as long as you keep an open mind about what you're learning and as long as you have the right teacher. But it's kind of like going to college and having only one professor teaching you everything. So you're only getting one point of view. I always recommend learn what you can, but always search for a better way of doing things. And he said Christian Buckingham didn't start till late 40s or 50s. I'm sure from well to artist, one of the black and grey guys in the trade. Um, do what you like, do what you love and let it kill you, Charles Bukowski said. Um, it's an interesting thought, like, I think apprenticeships now, I like what you say, but I think, you know, in, in regards to apprenticeships, I think the old school apprenticeship is gone. Apprentices are getting far more educated in regards to, like, you know, the, the legal rights, like, back in the day, they, they weren't really, they didn't, you didn't have that many rights, whereas, like, now you've got... You know, I think I think I mentioned this before, and it like it went through Parliament, and it's like you are not allowed to have an unpaid intern, which means you are not allowed to have an apprentice working for you for free. You know, you can have an apprentice come into your shop and learning, and not and 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 you don't have to pay him because you're teaching him, but you can't have an apprentice come into your shop for like five hours a day, learning for an hour, and then working for four hours for free, like. I don't think the apprenticeship is gone or dead. I just think that uh, it won't make sense until the gatekeepers and the people that want it to be like it was in the olden days. Um, I don't think it, you need until one, they really. rethink it. Like, you know, you know yourself. Like teaching yourself online is more difficult and it takes longer. No, if it you're is. lucky enough to find I... somebody that will teach you and will spend the time doing it then it does make life a little bit easier. It, it, there's somebody on site for you to ask about your problem straight away, and it does make it a little bit more straightforward. But that whole process needs to be rethought. Yeah. You know, you know what we're talking about is something that people did in the 20s and 30s that has survived realistically until about the late 90s, early 2000s, and it's just time to rethink it. It's as simple as that. It just needs rethought. Like someone turn, turned around and asked me some advice recently, and they said, well, what do I need to learn to be a tattooist? I was like, well... You need to learn how to tattoo, you know, be a good drawer. You need to learn infection prevention and control. You need to learn how business management, marketing, you know, there's so many things that you've got to be proficient at. So I was like, before you even look for an apprentice, like, you know, you're 18, you know, work on your portfolio, but before you're going to look, because we're not, we, they were asking, I think they were asking us, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, but I was like, look, before you try and get an apprenticeship or whatever, you know, make sure that you're proficient in all that. Even things like, you know, Photoshop. When I first started tattooing, nobody really used Photoshop or Procreate. You know, we had a photocopier. You've got to learn, you've got to be proficient with all that stuff. So yeah, I think the whole apprenticeship needs to be restructured. Like, Yeah, I mean, it just needs to be, it needs to be treated like... Um, like proper training. It needs to be a put proper, into a yeah. like into an education setting. I don't want to say tattoo school, but I so definitely think like there yeah. needs to be something where an apprentice an apprentice, right? Somebody who wants to be an a tattoo apprentice should have to go to college, right, and study, you know, uh infection prevention control, bloodborne pathogen, you know, study business management, make sure they're fucking good at art, get you know, study those specific topics. So then when they come and do, like, say, and then, like, you know, certain studios will work with colleges and be like, well, we'll offer a work placement for, like, one artist or two artists or whatever. They learn to tattoo with us. So they're still getting their traditional apprenticeship, but they're in college, right? And you know that that person is being taught by medical professionals the correct way of doing things. Because otherwise, you are going to get, you know, like, I've heard of 
tattooist making apprentices fucking scrubbing toilets with tuck brushes. But it's part of our tattoo culture, Chris, and we've got to maintain it's that. It's part of being fucking people being balanced. Yeah, there you go. It is what it is. If you make somebody, right, if you honestly make somebody clean a toilet with a tough brush, right, you're a C-U-N-T. <laughs> and I will say that to your face. Yeah, too much. Right then, moving on. This is the last comment that I've got that I wanted to read out. I wanted to pick up on this one because I thought we could have an interesting conversation about this. This is a chap called Sean Bremner. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Uh, thanks for commenting. Uh, now, uh, I'm trying to remember what he commented on. I think this is um, it's one of, it's one of the learning to tattoo on the internet videos that we've done recently. Videos they're showing me age. <laughs> Video cassettes. <laughs> yeah, we taped it earlier. Um, on the verse. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean says, "Love this one." Yeah, I'm living proof uh, of this one. Now 46 with my own little shop. I insist the artists in my studio have Bloodborne Pathogens course. I even pay for it for them. Lol. One question. Would you guys ever consider critiquing other artists' work to help them out with techniques? I find this part of the industry super hard to get help with. Yeah, I, I, 100%. My only, my only stipulation on critiquing someone's work, right, is... I if you send me a photograph that is taken under a fucking the spotlight that they use to fucking signal Batman right and a fucking polarizing lens right so the blacks of blacks if you send me a photograph like that I will send it back and I won't even look at it it has to be taken under natural light so you can actually see what the tattoo looks like because there's so many people that like you look at it somebody somebody put a picture up the other day right and they've got like their fucking polarizing things. They're not edited them properly afterwards to counteract the polarization because they don't have a fucking clue how to do it. But like the white, the white, oh my God, the white in the tattoo, right, was as bright as the white that is in the light that is shining down on me. Like, do you mean? It's just like that is not real. It's not real. Your tattoo doesn't look like that in real life. So yeah, I would happily do it, but you would have to send in like legit tidy photographs or... If you send in those photographs, we will put them through Lightroom and we will edit them properly and all the imperfections will be seen and then you'll be... But yeah, basically, yes. So then if you're <laughs> interested in having your tattoos critiqued either uh, privately or on the show, send six pictures of your work to show at gmail.com. Yeah. And we'll put together a, a little sort of portfolio look and a critique for you and have a look at your work. Now, I want to take this one step further. Can I, um, inter can I just interject? You can, yeah. Uh, if you, when you send the pictures, it would be fantastic if you could also uh, include the machines that you use, the stroke lengths, the needles you used, inks, and the time it took to do the tattoo because... I think those are, you know, you can, you can look at a picture and be like, okay, you know, that looks terrible. But then you might be like, well, I've done it in 20 minutes with a, a, a masked archer machine off Amazon. And it's like, oh, right, well, that's probably why. So, yeah, give us a bit of information as to what you use to do the, the tattoo. Like, that would be great. And we'll see if we can put some stuff yeah. together. Uh, if you would like to have a critique of your work or you would like some online mentorship and you would be interested in that kind of thing, then I'm thinking about doing some private Zoom sessions with some of you guys. Yeah. 
um, these these aren't going to be free, right? I, I don't have time no. for that, you know. So I'd be done with that. Um, so yeah, so we're both into this idea. So you know, if you want to talk to one of us, both of us, you know, and you, that's the kind of thing that you could really do with some help with. You know, you can set your your phone up, and I can watch your tattoo, and I can, you know, like I'm not holding. Am I holding my machine correctly? Is this the correct needle depth? All that sort of stuff. If that's the kind of thing that you would be interested in, in having some one-to-one help with, then drop us an email and we'll see if we can hook some stuff up and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. What about, it'll be cool seminars. Well, I've thought about, you know, maybe doing some, um, particularly a brother seminar for the brother printers. I've thought about doing one of them at the shop maybe a couple of times a year, you know, and, in, and getting people to come along and we'll, we'll set up the printers for yeah. them, bring your printer, we'll plug it into my computer, I'll change the settings, I'll get it all working, you can take it away with you, you know, all that sort of stuff. Teach people how to do that. Um, maybe do a, you know, like a stencil making seminar, tattooing seminar. Maybe I'll do a tattoo and I'll have 30 people watch, you know what I mean? Um, if that's the kind of thing that you'd be yeah. interested in seeing, doing, if you guys are interested in that and you can travel to the UK or if you're in the UK, then maybe we can make some stuff like that happen. You got any more comments? The rising cost of tattooing. Plent from uh, Rush Van Hee. Plenty is essential. Everything else breaks down and falls apart. I'm with Chris. Told you. Plenty. Yeah, although the, the one with the thirsty pockets is pretty good as well. Is it got an elephant on the front? That's all right. I don't mind that one either. I'll, I'll put up with that one. Mate, I've done an entire weekend, and I, I forget which show this was. It was a small show somewhere in Europe, and they gave us um, Scotch men's tissues, you know, like for blowing <laughs> your nose. That's what, I, that's what I had to wipe a tattoo down with. So, yes, I do think it's essential, uh, but it's not... Uh, it, it won't stop me from tattooing if I've just got, you know, just things that you blow your nose on, really. As long as you haven't blown your nose on them, then, you know. <laughs> and there we go. And with that, this has been uh, your comments. And, uh, I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. A non-British accent speaking Welsh man. And this has been That Tattoo Show. See you next time. Take care. Good evening. Good evening.